The DI Guys Podcast was created to share the best ideas, strategies, and concepts so you can have conversations to help you exponentially grow your DI sales. While they may have lost their hair, they have not lost their minds. Here are the DI Guys, Chris Carlson and Mike Cogdo. This is Chris Carlson, and welcome to this episode of the DI Guys podcast. As always, I'm here with my co-host and good friend, Mike Cogdell. Mike, what's happened in 30A today? Chris, good morning. Things are good. Uh, You know, things are actually really good. I woke up and it was a whopping 50 degrees out, so cold fronts do come through Florida, which for a guy like me is kind of nice. I didn't mind putting a fleece on to take my young ones to school this morning, so that was good. Also, the other thing I might mention is it's fall break. So everybody from the state of Georgia, Tennessee, Indiana, and I think there's one other state, Chris, it might be Texas and some of Louisiana. Over the course of four weeks in October, everybody's here. So it's just like summertime. It's extremely busy. And Chris, I just want to ask you a question. When I was a kid, there was no such thing as fall break. What about you? No, there was never a fall break. And Mike, there was never a midwinter break. Uh, which I discovered in Seattle uh, when I was living there. So I'm like, where the hell all these breaks come from? I got to tell you, I've learned a lot um, being an elderly gentleman. Well, gentleman's a relative term. We'll call it an elder man with younger kids. What do teachers do at in-service all day before we have our DI conversation? What do teachers do when there's an in-service? Beats the heck out of me. Coffee? I mean, I don't really know what it means. Uh, I guess they were supposed to be planning, right? But for what? Don't you figure that out as the year goes on? And like, if you're teaching social studies, you're not going to change in the middle of the year, correct? I mean, if you start uh, with 1860 and you want to get to 1920, how else do you do it? <laughs> I'm afraid I'm going to jump into the political aspect of the teachers' union. I shouldn't go there. We'll stay out of, it. We'll stay out of that. I just wondered because we have fall break. I mean, I can tell you who's on vacation because every third car when it's Tennessee, it's like, here's Memphis and Nashville. And a few other smaller cities all here this week. And it's fine. Love to have it. It's fine. It just makes it really busy. But the weather's gorgeous and things are good. And as you know, you and I just got to go up to the great Northeast. And uh, let's talk about that for a minute with you kicking it off there. Yeah, Mike, we uh, went up to IDIS in Portland, Maine, and which was uh, you know a great visit. Great to see a, a lot of people. Well, two things about Portland, Maine that I got to say is, I did not realize that they had such a huge homeless population. That wasn't the hot spot that I thought for the homeless. And the other thing is, there might be more weed shops per capita in Portland, Maine than maybe anywhere else I know of. You meant to say in Denver, Colorado on Broadway. (laughs) (laughs) And I lived, remember, not very far off of Broadway in Denver, Colorado, and Jerry Hills. And uh, I got to tell you, Chris, we had our share, but... um, I think you might be right. I didn't physically count, but I, I think you might be right. There may be more per capita for sure. So, Mike, I'd like to give you my thoughts of IDIS, and I'd love for you to comment on my thoughts, and then, of course, you can add to it. So there's a couple of things that uh, stood out to me. Uh, number one, I love the presentation by Dan Squire of Milliman. A lot of interesting things out of that, but the big takeaway for me is how much of the individual disability insurance market is GSI business. So that's the, the first observation. Huge, huge check. Part of it, almost 50%. Uh, speaking of uh, GSI, this is my number two observation. There was a lot of conversation regarding 
census-based applications, which I think is going to change the GSI business. Whereas before, once you put a case in place, it was very difficult to move it with now this census-based apps. Now it's this GSI individually, individual disability insurance is going to look more like group LTD. And speaking of group LTD, Dan Squire made the comment in his session that uh, group LTD sales over 90% are replacement cases. In other words, company A takes over for company B. It's not as if they're creating new LTD cases. Third thing, I thought John Ryan gave a great talk and it was a great reminder, you know, that there are still opportunities in the association market. Caveat, you got to work it. It's not like you just get a signature and people are flooding to your doors. And then finally, uh, Ryan Miller, the keynote speaker on Tuesday, I thought did a great job, you know, just talking about his journey and some of the things we need uh, to pay attention to. And he's got a, a great book out there called Wounds, talks about his, his journey. He's very transparent in his journey, but, but a lot of good things for sales professionals. So those were the four big takeaways for me, Mike. And there were lots of other ones, but for the sake of time, I thought I'd stop there, hit the pause button, let you comment on those, and then add your thoughts. Mine's fairly similar. Let's go back to the GSI conversation for a minute with uh, Dan Squires and just in general. Yeah, the, the part about the group LTD um, is intriguing because if you go census, Chris, as you just alluded to on IDI, which IDI was not built to go census-based, but that's neither here nor there. I'm not a home office employee anymore, and I don't work in that space in that regard. So what do you think happens next? Is my, it's a question back to you. If it's 90% replacement group LTD, that means organic growth is somewhere between 10% or less, correct? I mean, we'll just call it 10. Organic growth, new cases, annually is 10%. It's hard for any business to continue to sustain with that kind of growth. I mean, considering globally, just the United States of America, just how many small businesses, medium businesses, and large businesses there are. And then when you've got the big houses, Chris, that make it really easy to say we're going to take over your 8,000 life or your 8,000 life, yeah, software company, we're done. One, don't you think that if you're going to watch DFI become census-based, be careful what you wish for. Don't you see compensation suddenly dropping to level or way low, way low, way low? Because they're going to, as a home office person should say, there's no work involved really anymore except for finding the case. 100% agree with you, Mike. I think uh, Unum will lead the charge. And others will follow because, again, you think about the friction that the census-based apps does. And, it's and again, it's it's a lot of people like that, but the carriers are going to take money out of the producer's pocket, no doubt about it. Right. And I don't want to dwell on, on this for 15 or 20 minutes, but if you, if you lower the comp, and I'm going to make up any number in the world, and you cut it in half, you can now probably cut the, the rate per thousand, almost like good old LTV, right, or rate per hundred. And cut that a little bit, and we're going to have a race to the bottom war. What do you think? 100% agree. People, again, Unum has done a great job uh, in, in this space. Other carriers have started to follow, and it was interesting that the panel that they had on GSI, you know, it wasn't just Unum. I mean, you know, Standard was up there, PIU was up there, and then Mass Mutual. So even though Mass Mutual is a some well is is a newer entry into brokerage, they've been doing GSI in the past. Why would the carrier not if they had the opportunity? Again, if we're going to make it look like Group LTD, 
right, in the processes and the systems, I think the comp is naturally going to flow that way. So I think it's a great observation on your part. So here's one more question. And we're only a few minutes into our, why not just make a product for that then? It's almost like we bastardized a non-can product, ready to be underwritten, ready to do our thing, voided all the rules, and I don't care about claims, loss ratios, or rate of return. Why not just to build a product that looks like that then? Why not? I mean, I think Unum's product looks more like that than anybody else's, but why not just everybody then have something like that? This is individual, it's portable, it's guaranteed rates, and that's about as far as it goes. The rest of it, who cares? Mike, there's a great argument to do it that way, and I'm sure that in the, uh, the home offices, that there's a lot of discussion regarding that. I mean, heck, Chris, you could uh, really make it less expensive. Uh, even make it a nine can product and do everything. You do five year banded premiums, right? Twenty, twenty five, thirty, thirty five, forty. Because if you got a bulk of your people between thirty five and forty five, it could be real inexpensive and last for a long time. And I heard somebody on a panel say that if you make it six or seven years and it performed fairly well, you're making pretty good money. It's okay to lose it after that. Right. And, and Mike, Mike, think about, you know, GSI in today's environment. So much of it is written in the non-medical space. And what I mean by that, if you take out the, you know, the GME programs, so a lot, a lot of it is in the executive, the attorneys, things like that. At the end of the day, let's be honest, do those people need what we call true ONOC? I mean, are they going to go on a true ONOC claim? I mean, the answer is no. What What they're looking for is to make sure that they have more benefit and they're not necessarily, you know, worried about every last feature and benefit of a traditional, individually underwritten non-CAM policy. So I, I think you're spot on there. And I, I would venture to say in the near term, somebody will come up with something like that. And it will be very, very popular with employee benefit houses, right? Because they love to get paid. Don't misunderstand me. But they're not concerned about whether that is a 65-75 point contract as opposed to a, you know, you pick a number, you know, 25% level or whatever it is. I mean, they just want to make sure that they've rounded out the account and nobody comes in and takes their other business. Well, at the rate that our friends are businesses too, we'll call them big houses, the various other and sundry organizations, there may not be any small guys left. So that may just be the way it works. And another thing that I would suggest or, or ask you, Chris, excuse me, I would ask you is of the carriers that all do GSI, doesn't Unum do voluntary as much or more than anybody? Yes, they do. And I took from most of the panels and the discussions about GSI, nobody wants to go near that one. So you can't really compete with Unum if you're not doing exactly what they do, but it's like we're not comfortable with voluntary guaranteed standard issue. Of course, unless it's maybe in a residence space. And even then, there's some pretty tight restrictions on it, as I understand it, because I don't do those, but other people do. And people say, man, I missed my goal, my number by X, and they took it away. So what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I would agree. I mean, certainly one of the reasons why GSI has been so popular is you remove so much of the adverse selection. and. Obviously, when you do voluntary now, you're putting that back into the equation. Certainly, what they're trying to do is spread the risk. So, but to your point is, go back, what, five, six, seven, eight years ago, Mike, we saw a lot more voluntary GSI or, or GTI. But, you know, other than you know, most of that, to your point, has gone away. It's just, you know, the carriers are very worried about the adverse selection. My only other real takeaway from um, IDIS is um, Mike Sir's shout out um, always has 
a compelling story to tell about his own life and unfortunately the loss of his wife many many years ago with three young daughters and i think it wakes everybody up that you know you've heard us say this a thousand times at least me you don't have the crystal ball so those are always great reminders where he's going with his online tool to help people understand the need for disability called one protection i think is good and i would also say even though there's a weed store every other corner in portland maine it's a foodie town if you ever really want to go to a foodie town it's absolutely a foodie town wouldn't you agree Absolutely. And, and you being the ultimate foodie, you would know better. Really. But it's, um, it's interesting. And, and, and last but not least, shout out to, um, the organizers and we'll call it generation. They're probably tired of me calling them young, but we'll say next generation. Thank you so much for, for help. for actually putting this thing together. It's your charge now and you all know who you are. So greatly appreciate it. And it's really good to see people that are at IDIF, Chris with hair and not just gray hair or no hair. So it's really good, you know, to see people that look 30 and actually are 30 where you and I act 20, want to be 30, but we're not. So shout out to everybody. I think the organization still has a future, don't you? I agree. And then just FYI to those people who don't know, next year's conference uh, in October will be in Nashville. So if people want to uh, go take in all the vibes in Nashville, they'll be able to do that in conjunction with the IDIS meeting uh, in 2024. If you're a disability person, and I agree, which everybody there is a disability person. Every now and then there's somebody curious, and that's really good too. But if you're not, it, it's worthy of coming and listening because if nothing else, for those 48 hours, basically it's all the meeting really is, Chris, right? Two and a half days max, 48 hours, um, two basically seven-hour days of meetings. You'll walk away going, I should be doing this, if nothing else. And it might be money well spent to walk away going, I'm going to change my practice to get the best part-time job I could ever have. And if you want to know how to do the best part-time job you could ever have, all you have to do is call Chris Carlson, Mike Coggle, and uh, we can help you hook that one up. You got it. Well, Mike, it's great catching up with you regarding our, our visit to Portland, Maine. I know we're going to go a little bit deeper maybe with some people that you and I talked to at IDIS. We'll have them on as guests in uh, upcoming episodes. Absolutely. That's our next plan. Chris, as always, thanks and enjoy the week. You as well, my friend.